thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. So it's Valentine's Day today. It's great to get the chance to talk to you. I wonder what expression of love you've shown to your Valentine's Day. I think I got the best deal. I bought Amanda some flowers, but I got a box of chocolates. And I, I reckon I think I got the best deal. But it reminds me of a story of a couple on Valentine's Day. Let me just share that little story with you. So Emma woke up with a start and her husband, Jim, asked her what on earth the matter was. She told him, I just had a dream that you brought me an expensive pearl necklace for Valentine's Day. What do you think it means? So Jim just looked at her and said, you'll know tonight. So as the day went on, she waited with eager anticipation and Jim came home with just a a little package and handed it to her and excitedly she opened the package to find in it a book set called, What is the Meaning of Dreams? (laughs) Well, maybe you found a much better way of showing your love today, but we've been hearing in that track there that the guys put together so brilliantly some very famous love songs. And you know, there's lots of love songs, lots of songs with love in the title, but I wonder what your favourite is. I'm sure we've all got that kind of favourite love song, the kind of thing we remember maybe having on our wedding day or us and our loved one have enjoyed. Why don't you drop in the chat now what your favourite all-time love song is. I'm a bit of a sucker, I must admit, for a love ballad, a power ballad that that gives the expression of love. But what's yours? Why don't you just drop it in the the chat now? It'd be great just to see some of those interesting love songs. The bard himself, William Shakespeare, in his play Twelfth Night, famously said, if music be the food of love, play on. And isn't that what musicians and singers have done for hundreds of years in different genres and styles. If you think about it, that you take love out of the theme of songs and you'd have very few great songs left. And if you think of some of them, they're, they're really revealing, aren't they, about what people see about love. For example, the Beatles told us that all you need is love. Elvis Presley asked us to love him tender and Stevie Wonder said, I just called to say I love you. Beyonce informed us that she's crazy in love and Queen sang about a crazy little thing called love while Bon Jovi accused someone of you give love a bad name. Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper said I'll never love again and very sadly when you think about it Amy Winehouse once sang that love is a losing game. You see behind every song that has love in the title is a perspective, a narrative about what somebody believes about love. And we all have our perspectives, don't we, on love. Some of us feel immensely positive about the theme of love. And today, we may feel really loved by those around us. But for others, their perspective on love has not been so positive because of all that they've experienced. But what we do recognise is that love is at the heart of all human relationships. It binds people Together, it's the glue that keeps relationships together, that is the substance of what makes us feel loved and able to express love. In the English language, we only have one word for love. But as many of you will know, in the ancient Greek language, the language in which the Bible was written, certainly the New Testament, there are as many as seven or eight different words about, that describe love. 
And when we come to the Bible and we read the Bible and we see stories and expressions and statements about love, the Bible uses four words to do with love. And we're just going to have a look at them just very quickly for a moment. The first of those is philia, which talks about authentic friendships. And then a word you'd probably be familiar with. It's been used in lots of different ways. The word eros talks more about romantic passion. And the word storge is used of family relationships, those contexts with, with father and son and mother and daughter and, and siblings and parents. But the word agape, the most commonly word used in the New Testament, particularly for love, talks about unconditional commitment. And you know, at the heart of it, that is the Bible's real message about love, unconditional commitment. As Leon said, as he introduced our time today, we're not talking particularly and specifically about romantic or marital relationships because relationships impact us at all kinds of levels. As we've seen in those words, different contexts in which we relate to people. Family, close family and extended family, but also friendships that hold such value and meaning to us and that have in the past been closer than they are now, and we think back to people we've known deeply and moments we've shared in life. And at the heart of it all is this sense of love and commitment that often has had so much value and meaning for us because love is a part of all of our lives. And we need wisdom to understand how it impacts upon us. And that's our theme in this series, Wise Up. Where, where do we need wisdom and how does wisdom impact on such key issues in our lives? One of the things that Leon said last week that really impacted me was when he talked about how we make our decisions and our decisions make us. You know, we're making decisions about relationships all the time. And if you're as old as I am and you look back over your life and relationships that you've had and then I look around my life at the moment at the relationships I have, we realise that those decisions are critical for us. And some people have grown to regret decisions they've made in relationships and they've brought all kinds of situations and pain and difficulty and challenge into the arena of our human experience. And what I thought I'd like to do with you today is to take some of those more famous song titles and see if they can't prompt us and push us into exploring a little bit more what wisdom is like in the context of our relationships. Let's start with this one. And I'm sure many of you will remember this. And as a, a, a lover of power ballads, this is one of the greatest that we've seen. Jennifer Rush's The Power of Love. What an amazing song, a power ballad that again has been covered by others since. Although some of you are thinking about Huey Lewis and the news and that, that great song that was in Back to the Future, The Power of Love. And whichever version you're thinking of, the phrase itself stirs in us that sense of, of love and how love can be such a deep emotion. And that leads us to think about how does wisdom connect with our relationships? Because we need wisdom simply because love can be powerful. Love is a deep human emotion that we experience. Love has the power to heal and to restore and to renew and to connect and to overcome. And one of the most famous Bible passages, certainly at weddings, is 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter on love. And in one part of it, in verse 7, we read these words, love 
never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And of course, we're reminded then of the power of love in our lives to the love that we experience from people around us that brings strength and encouragement to our lives and those positive moments in life where it has been others and how they have expressed their love towards us and their support that has pushed us through those challenges, those barriers and those difficulties. It's like love can be expressed in so many words and yet sometimes there are not enough words to express how deeply we feel love. Maybe you can think of the first time that you fell in love and how speechless you might have felt. Maybe you can think of the love that you have for a sibling, for a parent, for a friend who's meant so much to you in your journey in life. Someone who was there for you. We've been looking at key key passages in Proverbs in this series and how the Proverbs, those wisdom words, help us in different aspects of our lives. But the writer of the Proverbs, King Solomon, um, also wrote another piece of what we call wisdom literature in the Bible, and that's the Song of Solomon. And it's a love story, and it's not time to unpack it, but it's an amazing picture of love between two people. And it shares with us a picture of God's love for us as his people. And there's a brilliant little verse in in chapter 8 and verse 7, where there he says, Many waters cannot quench love, rivers cannot sweep it away. Think of all the things that have been done in the name of love, all the sacrifices made, all the effort poured in, all the challenges that have been overcome. Think of the films, the love stories of the great movies. Uh, Beth and Leon talked about rom-coms in, in our pre-service hangout. But, but think about those other stories, those, those love overcomes everything and challenges beyond our human limitations. And we see the power of love in our context and our culture. But wisdom tells us to be careful about making decisions based purely on deep emotions. How important it is that we reflect more broadly than just the things that we feel deeply. The German poet and playwright Johann Wolfgang von Goethe said that we are shaped and fashioned by what we love. Now that would be really interesting, wouldn't it, to pause there for a moment and think about that in the context of our lives. And maybe we'll get to do that in our connect groups this week or you can do it as you reflect. But we are fashioned and shaped by the things that we love. And I think that's so true of our lives because love is a wonderful gift Something we all want to experience to have a a whole and a contented life. It has the power for immense joy in us. And again, the Proverbs help us understand the power of love in that sense. In Proverbs 18 and verse 24 in the message version, it tells us this, that friends come and friends go, but a true friend sticks by you like family. Growing up in the church, I can remember that phrase being used to describe something of the commitment of Jesus, that Jesus is a friend who, in that version, they used to say to us, sticks closer than a brother. And yet maybe that's not what Solomon was meaning necessarily when he wrote it. He's talking about the strength of relationship we can feel with others in our world. And love is a very powerful thing, but you know there is also another side to love. And that's where we get to to think again about one of the great hits For you lovers of the 80s, that was my era, the 80s, when Soft Cell sang Tainted Love. 
And in that song, in Tainted Love, they're beginning to describe the, the disappointment, the sadness, the frustration, the overwhelmingly negative feelings and experiences when love goes wrong that it can bring to us. And it really is important that we allow wisdom to speak into our relationships when it comes to love because we need wisdom because we've discovered that love can be painful. You know, for as deeply as we feel the power of love when it's positive and good in our relationships, we can equally feel the pain when love is lost or stolen from us through bereavement or other tragic human experiences or when, being really realistic, love goes wrong, as it does in many settings of life. Again, one of the things that Leon said last week that really stood out for me was how fools hurt those they love. How the mistakes that we make in life have great pain and cost, often to those closest to us. And it wasn't necessarily intentional, but even inadvertently, even mistakenly, when people make mistakes, we can feel the disappointment because we've loved deeply, we feel the pain of broken love deeply. And we want to be real today, even on Valentine's Day, that some relationships experience pain and brokenness. For some people today, it's not going to be flowers and chocolates and cards and, and lovely sentiments and glancing at each other across the dinner table later. For some people, there's a sense of loneliness and isolation and disappointment. And we, we want to love you today. and want to extend to you our love and the love of God where you are in your situation. Because loving people is about being sensitive to what they experience, what they feel when it's gone wrong. And interestingly and surprisingly, the antidote to love when it's gone wrong is good and positive expressions and acts of love. Sophocles, the Greek philosopher, was famous for writing tragedy plays. And he once said that one word frees us of all the weight and pain of life. And that word is love. I'm wondering as I'm speaking whether you're thinking about moments in your life that were difficult, maybe even dark, but it was the love that someone expressed to you, their kindness, their interest, their support that carried you through that dark and difficult time. And I think when we think about wising up and how wisdom impacts on our lives, I think those of us who aren't necessarily in this season experiencing the pain of love need to be sensitive to those that are. And our love expressions and our love support can be of huge benefit to them. Again, the Proverbs helps us and as it does in so many occasions, gives us wisdom for all aspects of our lives. In Proverbs 17 and verse 17 in the Passion Translation, we read, a dear friend will love you no matter what. And a family sticks together through all kinds of trouble. That's interesting, isn't it? When we think about how the wiser we get in love and relationships, we realise that it takes more than just affection for us to truly understand the power of love, to get us through the times when love is difficult and challenging. I'm going to take you even further back now than the 1980s. I enjoyed the music of the 80s, but I was born in the 60s and 
You know it, you can see that, can't you? And some of you will, this will be your era and you'll really remember this when the Beatles sang, Can't Buy Me Love. One of their classics, one of their many great hits. And of course, in one line, it says, money can't buy me love. And what they were sharing, the message they were sharing that is that no matter what we do in terms of possessions and belongings and things we have, can we sometimes buy love? Because we realise as we think about how wisdom connects with love and relationships, that we need wisdom to understand that love is costly. Relationships don't just flourish on their own. They don't just grow. I've got a plant here. I'm not sure how real it is. I think it might be a little bit plastic. But if it were real, that plant would not grow without me nourishing it and nurturing it and watering it. Now, I have to confess, I'm so glad I'm married to a green-fingered wife because I'm pretty poor when it comes to looking after plants. But they're fragile unless they are looked after and cared for. And each of us needs to realise that wisdom teaches us that we have to nourish and play a part in building relationships. They're not built on their own. And it's more than just an emotion that's needed if we're going to flourish in our relationships. Building a loving relationship takes more than just affection. Let me highlight maybe a few things for you on the screen that building a loving, lasting relationship will probably require of us. Appreciation, expressing the gratitude we feel for our relationship. And that's not just for those of us who are married. That's for those of us who have children and, and mothers and fathers and siblings and friends. In our world where people feel so broken and sometimes so, love is so absent, the benefit of sharing appreciation and expressing that is so helpful. Admiration, where respect and encouragement and celebrating each other is a part of what it means to build a relationship. Where we see the good and the best in one another and celebrate those qualities we have between us. But also acceptance, recognising each other's strengths and weaknesses. And we know that the best of friendships, the best of marriages, have been when we've learned to understand we all have strengths, but we also all have weaknesses. And learning how to navigate those in our relationships, how to love beyond even our weaknesses and not just our strengths is so important. But also attention. Relationships need a commitment to time spent together. Years ago when uh, I was leading in church life and we were involved in leading marriage seminars, remember somebody once saying that love is spelt T-I-M-E. As a father, I've known the beauty and the value of giving time to my children, in my marriage, in my relationships with my family, with friendships. Actually, time with people is so critically important and understanding what it takes to build a strong and stable relationship and how love plays its part is so important. Again, the wisdom of the Proverbs helps us. In Proverbs 17 verse 9 in the passage translation, we're reminded that love overlooks the mistakes of others, but dwelling on the failures of others devastates friendships. It may be when we examine the relationships in our world, that the ones that are genuinely defined by love may be of those where after the mistakes we've made, we can still journey forward and still move onward. You see, it isn't just in marriage 
that time is needed to build relationships. Think of a friend who was once close. And I think over my lifetime of seasons where I've had close friendships with people. And maybe they've moved on, you've moved on, either geographically or even relationally. And you, you haven't seen or heard from one another for quite a while. And inadvertently, distance has grown because you've not been investing into the relationship. I remember a preacher talking once many years ago about a situation where he arrived home one day and his wife that morning had asked him to pick up a birthday card for her mother. And he arrived home and she said, did you get the card for mum? And he said, oh no, I forgot. And she just exploded on him. She was so annoyed. She was throwing in things that had gone wrong in their relationship and all kinds of stuff. And he, he said, he paused her and I thought, where did that come from? Until he had the revelation that actually relationships are a little bit like going to the cash point. Because if all you're ever doing is taking money out, there comes a point in time where the cash point says insufficient funds. He knew he had to invest in his relationship with his wife and he knew he had to put time and effort in. And relationships are costly. If we're going to build love, it isn't just an emotion. It's something that we actively do for one another. And wisdom teaches us to invest in those relationships. But you know, friends, we cannot talk about love in any sphere without considering and thinking about the greatest love that a human being could ever know. The greatest demonstration of love the world has ever seen. And to lead us into that, there is a song lyric I'd like to suggest to you that maybe help us, and that's Steve Winwood's famous Bring Me a Higher Love. It was covered latterly by Celine Dion and others. But actually the song is asking for something more than the love that the person has known previously. Something beyond and outside of the realms of what they've experienced in the natural and the normal. And my sense is that that is the heart cry of every human. Because you know, if we're really honest, we understand that love in any relationship we share is imperfect. As great as it might be, it's not complete. It is unfortunately imperfect in some way. And I genuinely believe there is a heart cry from men and women today in all parts of the world, in all parts of life, of every generation and era, that we want a love that is real and never runs out. One that doesn't leave us and disappoint us and hurt us and abandon us and go missing when we need it the most. And that is the love that we believe God offers to all of us. At Christmas, one of the themes we, we covered here at Life Central at Christmas that I really, really loved was that sense of understanding that hope is a person and his name is Jesus. That really impacted me about what we did at Christmas. But actually the Bible extends that whole theme when in 1 John 4 verse 7, the Bible says that God is love. God is love. You see, love is a person because God is love. Not God has love or God loves. He is love. It's definitive of the very nature of God. It sums up who he is. It sums up all that he does and the way he acts in our world. So the, the Bible tells on other occasions, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and gave his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sin. It tells us there's no fear in love because perfect love drives out fear. And it famously tells us, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him 
should not perish but have everlasting life. Because when God loves, he doesn't just love with words, he loves with action. He demonstrates his love for us. And that's what one of the verses in the New Testament remind us in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. And again, uh, reading from the passage translation, Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. There were lots of people that would say, if God really loves me, why doesn't he show me? And I just want to say lovingly to you today, he has. He stepped into our broken world so that he could step into your broken life and the broken areas of my life and show us that he loved us. And he did that in the person of Jesus and continues through the love of Jesus, through the presence of his spirit in our world today, sharing this message that God loves us. You know, Valentine's Day could dangerously just become about sentiments of love, but wouldn't it be even better if it could be about understanding a God of love who gives and gives and gives. I think one of the great discoveries for me over a number of years now has become how extravagant the love of God is. You see it in the ministry of Jesus because that's how God shows himself to us in the person of his son, Jesus. And you read the Gospels and you understand how Jesus loved people, whatever their brokenness, whether they were a leper, whether they were a blind man, whether they were a woman who was plying her trade by selling her body because that's the only way she could be in the brokenness of her world. The love that Jesus showed is a message to our world. God loves extravagantly in our world, lavishly. A favourite verse of Scripture for me in the New Testament is in 1 John 3 and verse 1. Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvellous love that he has lavished on us. When we think about those Greek words for love, the one that is used most in the New Testament about God is the word agape. It's an unconditional, committed love. You know, the message we have for you today is that God loves you even if you don't particularly love Him. And those of us who know Him and walk in relationship with Him, we've discovered that God showed that by entering into our world and loving us enough to chase after us. Jesus told a parable, a story about a shepherd who loses one of his sheep. And he says, won't the shepherd leave the 99 of the 100 sheep he had to go looking for the one sheep? You know, that's reckless. That's not good shepherding. To leave 99 sheep, apparently uncared for, to go hunting for the one. But of course, what Jesus is trying to tell us is how extravagant and committed and passionate is God's love, even for the one person out of the crowd. And that's how God loves you. And that's how God loves me. And it's so important we grasp that today and we understand the depth of that love that God has for us. And there's a song that we're going to see in a moment or two, the band have done. And it's one that we know so well and we love really because it reminds us of how reckless and extravagant God's love is. And it it says in that song, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99 because that's how God loves with all my heart I believe that what holds the universe together is the love of God
I know the forces of science and gravity and all of those great things, but I genuinely believe what holds our universe together is the love of God for you and for me. It is the overwhelming message of the Bible. God loves His world. And it's a committed and passionate love. When I was praying just this morning and preparing before leaving the house and coming to, to film today, I was reminded of the strength of that love when the Apostle Paul writes to Roman believers, to, to believers in the Roman city, in the, the, the city of Rome in, in Italy, but way, way, way back. And he understands the persecution they're experiencing, the challenge. And he says to them this to them, who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And he walks on into that, that great way of explaining God's love and says this, I am convinced neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor things present nor things future, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want you to hear today that God loves you. It doesn't matter what your life journey has looked like. He's expert at taking whole and broken lives and piecing them together with His love. And maybe for the first time you've contemplated that you want a love like that. That somehow to feel the commitment of God to you would draw out from you a love for Him. We'd love you to take the opportunity, maybe if you're there and you can see in our chat that say one for me opportunity and someone could be praying for you. You could make contact via our Life Central website if you wanted somebody to, to get in touch with you and you could look at the next steps opportunity that we talked about earlier. But you know, more than anything, we really want you to know today that God loves you. When lots of people will be expressing love in different ways to each other today, you may or may not feel that from people around you, but you have a God that loves you. And in a moment or two, I'm gonna pray. And I wanna pray for you as I pray for me. In a world where people have such power to cause each other such hurt and pain, we wanna know the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God searching us out, that love that will never leave us and never forsake us. And so as I pray, you can include yourself in this. You could be asking God today to come and become the Lord of your life. You could surrender your life to Him so that you could experience that overwhelming love for you and forever. So maybe include yourself in this prayer as we pray today. Father God, we're just so grateful that for many of us, we've come to understand your love is greater than our wildest imagination. Our minds can't take it in. Our hearts and lives can't contain it, but we've tasted of it. We've had a sense of it in different ways. And there are moments we, we become less aware, but we thank you that you're constant in your pursuit of our hearts and our lives because you want to connect with us in relationship. You don't want it to be about rules and rigidity and regulations, but you want a meaningful relationship with us. And you came in the person of Jesus to connect with us. And I pray for those who are listening in and watching in at whatever time they're doing that. I just pray that they will know the overwhelming, never-ending, 
reckless love of God reaching out to them. And any father who've never yet stepped into by faith a living and loving relationship with you. May they take that step and say, Lord Jesus, would you come and be the Lord of my life and overwhelm me with your love. And I pray that for them. As I pray for those who are hurting today, they might know the amazing love of God as a comfort and a strength. And those of us who are celebrating today the love of others in our world and in our lives, we say thank you at the same time. So bless, Father, everybody who's hearing what we're sharing today and may it overwhelm them with the security that comes from knowing that we are loved by God. In Jesus' name, Amen.